Today on the podcast, we talk about Ketanji Brown-Jackson. She's answering questions from United States Senators today, and the reporter who's covering her hearings will be answering questions from me. Hello, you're listening to On the Merits, the weekly legal news podcast from Bloomberg Law. I'm your host, David Schultz. So it's Ketanji week here at Bloomberg Law. The Biden administration's nominee to the Supreme Court goes before the Judiciary Committee, and all of us here are glued to the hearings. Yesterday, Monday the 21st, was opening statements, but today and tomorrow, Judge Jackson will be answering questions from the senators on the committee. So to find out how she's doing and what all this means, I rang up the extremely busy Jordan Rubin, who covers the Supreme Court for Bloomberg Law. Tell me about how the hearing is going. It, it started yesterday. Uh, today is when the questions started. Uh, how, how, what has the tenor been like so far? So the tenor has started to pick up in the second day as the senators really get into the questioning. The first day is a little more relaxed and we get just a preview of where the grilling is going to go. And today we get into the grilling and that has started a bit, for example, with Senator Graham asking the nominee about her work on behalf of Guantanamo detainees, for example, and him getting into a bit about her religion and family background. Basically, that's all been a part of still being upset about how some prior nominations went on the Republican side and Graham and some of the Republicans not being happy with how their nominees have been treated. And so not even really directly saying those things towards Jackson, but kind of using her nomination hearing as a sounding board for various complaints. Yeah, I got the sense that it's not just Jackson who's being interrogated by the Republicans. It's like the whole confirmation process that Republicans are are not happy with that. And they're using her as like a, a springboard to talk about that. That's right. And it's something I've noticed in these hearings, really a big part of them, if not sometimes the whole thing it seems at times is basically the senators going back and forth and airing various recriminations about how past hearings have gone. And there's certainly plenty to talk about when it comes to the judicial nomination. So there's been a lot of that. And I think that's partly because this this confirmation is all but a sure thing. And so there's only so much that can be done on the Republican side. And so from their view, it's probably why not just bring up these things that we see as helpful to us. But there have been some questions directly towards Jackson, like I said, for example, related to the Guantanamo issue and this notion of some of her sentencings in child pornography cases has been probably one of the biggest themes of potential criticism from Republicans. We've seen Senator Hawley say he's going to be asking her about that. And at this point in the day, we haven't gotten to him yet. So that might be one of the tenser rounds of questioning from him, although I'm curious to see how that goes because, for example, in some of his tweets leading up to the hearing, they were extremely harsh. But when he started to talk during the hearing, after getting some blowback, even from conservatives, he sounded a bit more measured in his potential criticism. But we'll have to see what that's going to be like. That's really interesting. Well, I want to get to the uh, the sentencing in a little bit, but let's focus on Guantanamo now. Um, it, would it be wrong to say that the Republican questioning is almost sort of putting the whole idea of being a defense lawyer on trial here? Because it, you know, are, are they saying that you know what she did for these detainees was wrong, or are they saying that no one should have been defending the d- detainees? Yeah, it could be hard to follow the full thread sometimes to an exact 
destination. But I think there's been a lot of acknowledgement, at least on the front end, of a lot of the questioning that no one's taking issue with this general notion of being a defense lawyer, as you say. But when it comes down to it, I think the criticism really does wind up becoming, why are you representing these people? And so there's a bit of a contradiction to some extent in terms of not questioning this notion of public defense, but at the same time questioning how that defense has been applied, specifically, for example, in Graham today with his questioning about Jackson in some of these Guantanamo cases, him saying how she was calling prior officials from the George W. Bush administration war criminals when that wasn't exactly what was going on. It was part of her legal filings where those administration officials were named in their official capacity in her attempt to try and advocate for her clients who were Guantanamo detainees. And so at the end of the day, I think it really does come down to why are you representing these people, even if at the same time, questioners are saying they're not taking issue with the notion of public defense in general. Got it. Uh, and then let's get to her record as a judge on the the district court uh, for the District of Columbia. Um, it sounds like some of the, the sentencing um, practices that she had when she was there uh, have been an issue here. Has that gained a lot of traction that, that her her record on on the lower court or uh, have have we yet to see you know the really intense questioning there? So I think if anything, it's done the opposite of gain a lot of traction because heading into the hearing, we saw Senator Hawley with a thread really laying into some of her sentences in child pornography cases. And what happened after that, there was really uniform pushback, even from some prominent conservatives saying that that criticism was really taken out of context. And so at the beginning of today's hearing, Senator Durbin, the chair of the committee, gave Judge Jackson the opportunity to respond to that, and she did so. And so we'll see when Senator Hawley is up for questioning sort of how hard he goes on that subject. He mentioned a few cases yesterday during the first day of the hearings that these were cases he was going to be asking about. And so we'll see really how hard he pushes on that. But the notion of for sentencing in these child pornography cases seem to have become less of an issue than they were heading into the hearings once they've been subject to some scrutiny now. Yeah. And then finally, you know, we're talking about the questions from the Republicans here. We're not uh, talking that much about questions from Democrats. And the reason is because it seems like the Democrats, as you mentioned, have this one in the bag. They have the votes to do this, as we discuss on our sister podcast, Cases and Controversies. You know, it might take a little bit longer than expected to get her out of the committee, but there's no question that they will be able to get her out of committee and get her confirmed on the floor. Have you seen anything so far that would change that assessment that this is uh, almost a fait accompli? Nothing that I've seen, really. The only thing that I would that I could see changing that would be if some number of Democratic senators died. Really short of that, (laughs) I don't think anything could happen in the hearing itself that would change that. I mean, for example, we saw a while ago, prior to these hearings, there was a senator from New Mexico who had a health issue, and that sort of underscored the fragility of the whole process. Even just looking on the Judiciary Committee itself, Senators Feinstein and Leahy are some of the oldest senators that are serving. And so I say that not glibly, but really in terms of this all coming down to who has the votes. And so I think the only thing that could 
change her confirmation would be if they were to somehow lose those votes. Yeah. Wow. That I mean, that highlights how, uh, you know, the confirmation process as it is now, if you have the votes, you can basically confirm whoever, almost whoever you want. Uh, but when you have a 50-50 Senate, you know, the, the Grim Reaper is always lurking, I guess. That's that's a pretty uh, morbid way of putting it, but it sounds like that's where we're at now. I think that's right. And so it's just a matter of surviving the hearings if you're the nominee and the party supporting the nominee, in this case, the Democrats. And then from the party not supporting the nominee, it's you raise whatever kind of points you can raise, even if you're going to be doing it in a losing effort. And so that's what we're seeing play out so far. All right. Well, that was Jordan Rubin, uh, reporter with Bloomberg Law. Let's uh, let Jordan get back to the hearings. Uh, Thank you so much, Jordan. We appreciate it. You got it. That'll do it for today's episode of On the Merit. It was produced by myself, David Schultz. Our editor is Andrew Satter, and our executive producer is Josh Block. Reach out to us on Twitter if you have anything on your mind. We use the handle at BLaw. That's B as in bicameral legislature. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Those nine justices in Washington, they can be pretty hard to keep track of. That's where we come in. I'm Jordan Rubin. And I'm Kimberly Robinson. On our podcast, Cases and Controversies, we give you a week-by-week accounting of the Supreme Court. The filings, the arguments, the opinions, and much, much more. So check in on Fridays with Cases and Controversies to find out what's coming up on the horizon at the Supreme Court. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.